This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. It's Obehave with Arden Moore. This show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hey, move over, Lassie. Uh, take a sit and stay, Marmaduke. There's a new canine star sure to win your heart in true Hollywood fashion. Her name is Bella, and she is the star of the must-watch movie, A Dog's Way Home. And here to speak on behalf of Bella and the talented cast is the multiversatile director. We're talking about Charles Martin Smith. Welcome to the show, Charles. Well, thank you very much. Nice to be here. All right, guys. Now, here's the deal. Charles is not only a director, but as you'll find out, he's a pretty talented actor and more. But we're going to find out more about this after we pay for the show by taking a quick commercial break. So, you know the drill. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All behave. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Director Charles Martin Smith. Yes, he is the same guy who got his acting break in Hollywood playing Terry the Toad from the classic American Graffiti. Then he played Agent Oscar Wallace in the epic flick, The Untouchables. Now, he's a director and he sports a reputation as being the go-to director for wonderful movies about dolphins and dogs and more. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about his latest success, and it is based on the book by Bruce Cameron. You know that guy. He's a best-selling author, and this one is called A Dog's Way Home. So, welcome to the show, Charles. What do you think? Uh, This is a great movie. Thanks very much. (laughs) That's a great introduction, by the way. I appreciate that. I Um, like to thank the Academy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 
No, it's uh, it's nice to be here and to talk about this movie. This was such an interesting and fun project to work on. Well, you're you're doing the two challenges. You're dealing with kids and animals, and you do it quite well. I did watch the movie last night. I have an orange tabby named Casey, and Casey ignores the TV screen. And on my Facebook page yesterday, Charles, I posted seven photos of my cat mesmerized throughout the entire movie, watching all the humans and the dogs and the cougar and everything else. So you did something. You had my cat at a dog's way home. You had my cat at a dog's way home. What do you think of that? Well, that's wonderful. And I'm (laughs) happy to make movies for cats, you know, for, uh, (laughs) you know, dolphins. No, that's actually, that's that's very I mean, I was blown away. I'm like, uh, Casey. And he's like, don't bother me. I'm watching Charles Mark. I'm watching a really good movie here. Yeah, Yeah, leave 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 it alone. So let's talk a little bit about this movie because this wasn't a dog you plucked from a Hollywood talent trainer. I saw an article uh, back in January in People Magazine and uh, Bella, a.k.a. Shelby, was found far, far from Hollywood, right? Yes, she was. She was a rescue. And we decided from the get-go on this movie that we wanted a rescue dog. And it's, you know, it's a story point, too, that she is a mutt. I mean, she's not she's not a purebred dog of any kind. And as you probably know, in movies, you always need at least one double dog right. to do different things. You always sometimes you'll have three, I suppose. I think the old Lassie movies they always had three, but in this case, we needed at least two. But the challenge was, where do you find? a dog that's a mixed breed that's also a shelter rescue dog uh, <laughs> that looks just like the one you picked in the first place. And we did it. We found a lovely dog named Amber. And she was, I think Shelby was rescued from a shelter in North Carolina and, and Amber was rescued in Tennessee and they're dead ringers. And so you didn't even notice, I guess, that I was no. switching from one dog to another from shot to shot. That's wow. one of the tricks of the trade. Yeah, yeah. But they're both wonderful, wonderful dogs. And also in this movie, tell us, because I know I don't want to spoil, I don't want to be a spoiler because I want people to watch this movie. It did uh, come out in movie theaters earlier. And now you can be able to uh, sit with your favorite dog and your orange tabby named Casey and watch it on uh, digital or Blu-ray, correct? Yes, exactly. It's coming out, I think, in about a few days. All right. So tell us the story. Tell us the tale of Bella. Well, it's actually a very sort of simple and classic story, which is one of the things that attracted me to it. Bella, as a puppy, is living among in an abandoned house in the basement of a dilapidated, condemned house with a bunch of cats. And that's the only world that she knows as a little puppy. All of these stray cats and her and her the animal control people come and take her mother away and all of her brothers and sisters. And she's, in essence, raised by cats until she meets the young guy across the street and he adopts her and she becomes Lucas and she becomes uh, inseparable with Lucas. And unfortunately, at some point they are separated and she's sent 400 miles away. They live in Denver and she's sent all the way into New Mexico and it's only temporary, but of course she's a dog, so she can't understand that. And she realizes that she's been separated from him and she feels like she's got to get home. The tragedy of it is he's on his way to get her right at the point that she decides to leave for home. So the next, uh, the rest of the film is her journey home. And it takes place over a couple of years as this dog makes her way. This house pet basically makes her way over the Rocky Mountains and uh, has to survive for all that time. And she learns 
a lot on the trip. She certainly gains in confidence and capability. But the one thing that she never wavers from is her devotion to Lucas. And there's a magical command that uh, Lucas taught her, which is go home. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he like you do with dogs. He teaches her <laughs> little commands, and he's and they have little games. Well, my and favorite he, is the game called "Don't Play with My Shoe" game. <laughs> don't you don't chew shoes. Yeah. yeah. Don't chew shoes. Yeah. Don't chew shoes. Yeah. That's, uh, I thought that that's very much Bruce Cameron's writing. You know, that's yes. the kind of stuff he thinks of. And um, yeah. So they have, and as a dog, she just doesn't. You know, she doesn't. She doesn't understand English, but she understands certain commands and she understands the meaning behind them. And one that he teaches her, which is very important, is go home. And she has that in her head. He's taught her how to run home and go up onto the front porch and wait for them. So when she's when she's uh, shipped off to New Mexico, she remembers the main thing, and that is she needs to go home. And so for the next two years, that's like her mantra that gets her through. And, go home and, to Lucas. And, and the story is based, I know it's a fictional tale, but boy, there's a lot of truth to this, don't you think? Yeah, there are a lot of stories about this kind of thing. You know, dogs getting separated, or cats for that matter, mm-hmm. from their owners. And showing up years later, somehow managing to have found their way back. It does happen, and it's remarkable. And I think that's what got Bruce thinking about this story, is what is going on in that animal's head during the interim time, you know? What are they thinking before they go home? And talk about a powerful sense of smell, too. I mean, that's that's yeah. the navigator. That's the doggy GPS, don't you think? I do think. We, we actually talked a lot about that. How does mm-hmm. a dog, or really anything, I mean, you know, they've done a lot of studies on birds. How do they know how to fly south? Is there, Are they sensing somehow magnetic fields? We had a lot of discussion. Of course, we'll never really know. But dogs have a, a, a sixth sense about this kind of thing. And we... We really don't know what it was. I added in a lot of shots of the moon and her like sort that. of watching the sky. Yeah, and I did that because I thought, you know, it's also possible that in some ways she's kind of just triangulating. She can tell east from west and that she goes home that way. I, I tried to drop a few hints in there, but not really answer exactly how she does it. And along her way, when she's trying to get back home, and I'm not going to spoil the movie, I promise, Charles, but there's some, you want to pluck out a couple of the interesting characters. I really am a big fan of Big Kitty. I think that's the the cougar. Yeah, 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 Big Kitty. I think that's really, that's really novel and unique. She befriends a baby mountain lion. Right. Whose mother has been killed. And because, of course, Bella, as I was saying, grew up around cats. She's very comfortable around cats. In fact, there's a cat that she calls mother cat back home. It's kind of like her second mother. So she befriends this poor little kitten who doesn't have a mother and she sort of becomes mother cat to this little mountain lion. Well, of course, she doesn't stay a little mountain lion for the whole No. And uh, that's a funny twist. I like that when that character resumes. But it's it's a real strong bond between the animals and her bonds with the people along the way are also very important. Another animal, she meets a pack of uh, street dogs in a small oh, yeah. town <laughs> and spends the day with them and almost considers staying with them. She meets a Can few I say their names because they're, the they're pretty cool. One Tooth, Shaggy Butt, and Crazy Hair. I mean, if you were yeah. doing a casting call as directing your next film, I think you might want to look at the resumes of One Tooth, Shaggy Butt, and Crazy Hair, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? Those three dogs are actually, they're uh, movie dogs that have done a lot of work. Okay. And I chose them because of their look. And then we named them afterwards. 
they weren't named in the script. They didn't have names, right. but uh, the, it's just because I wanted three completely different looking dogs, and I chose oh, you those did. three. I thought they were hilarious. Yeah, and then uh, you know, writers came up with those names later. And we do have to talk about the humans in the cast. So uh, you got some big players here. You've got Ashley Judd, Edward James Almost. You got Jonah yeah. Howard King, Alexandra Ship. Yeah and Bryce Dallas Howard. So you want to do a shout out for these guys because they're working with pets and you know how challenging and all that can be. Well, yeah, they are. And they were <laughs> great with them. Eddie Olmos, uh, who oh. plays a, a homeless Vietnam veteran, he has a dog that actually works as a rescue dog or as a comfort dog and uh, in his own life. So he really understood that. He was so good with our dogs. And he's such a terrific actor. And they all, Jonah Howard King, who's the, who plays Lucas, our young male right. lead, is a very, very talented guy and a real sweetheart. I think he's going to have a very, very big career. And he was also just great with the dog. But uh, I will tell you one sort of funny little thing. All the right. little dog that plays the puppy at the beginning. Yes. It jumps up into his arms and licks him. He was so allergic to this dog that he would he would get, you know, some people have dog allergies. I do. But this little puppy, for some reason, every time it would lick him, he'd get he'd break out and sort of all this red all over his face. We were constantly touching him up with makeup. The poor guy. Hollywood, right? uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, it's Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. And what what about uh, you gave a very strong backstory for Ashley Judd's character who plays the mom of Lucas. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, there's a whole theme running through this, which is in Bruce's book, of course, about uh, the dogs looking after veterans and uh, being like support animals for veterans with PTSD and so on. So Ashley's character is one of those veterans. And that leads to her, to the dog going to the VA hospital, which is actually where also the character of Lucas works. So there's a whole subplot in there of veterans and PTSD and their care and recovery. And that subplot continues on to Eddie Olmos' character, who's also a Vietnam vet. So that's a thread that's running through the entire thing. And to see the the way the real veterans, which we had in the show, reacted to the dog was was really interesting. It's exactly what the story says. And the story takes place in Denver. And I know across the country, Charles, there's a lot of breed restrictive rules. And in this yeah. case, the character of Bella is considered to be somewhat uh, have some pit bull in her. So how does that, I mean, that's life meeting reality. I mean, insurance companies won't give you insurance for your home if you have a pity. It's kind of a shame because they used to be called nanny dogs, but that's what's happening in cities. I'm not pointing out Denver, but it's a sad testimony, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a difficult issue, and I didn't really want the. It's an important story point in the Mm -hmm. movie that the dog is banished that way. But again, to me, what was important is that she isn't a pet, really. She's just a mix, you know. So we we call them uh, canine cocktails, Charles. Exactly, and so I didn't, uh, I didn't want it to be a political movie at all on that topic. I mm-hmm. wanted to just really make it specifically about this one dog and and her journey and not to, I didn't want to get embroiled in the politics of uh, dog breed bands. Hey, everybody. We are speaking with director Charles Martin Smith. He is the man behind this great movie called A Dog's Way Home. It's been released by Sony Pictures, and we're going to talk to him a little bit more, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course, 
All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, it's me again. Yep, Arden Moore, host of the All Behave show, doing this commercial. You know what I love? I love my cats. I love pet safety cat Casey. I love my sweet Mikey. And I love one-eyed Morty. Each one has their unique personality. Casey's a pet safety cat and teaches pet first aid. Mikey loves to lounge on the couch and purr in your lap. And one-eyed Morty, he's just a purr, purr, purr machine. Now, you know what I don't love? Cleaning up the litter for Casey, Mikey, and Morty, which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties now when I scoop. It's 100% dust-free. It's free of heavy perfumes, and it reduces airborne dander from scooping. Yahoo! So, what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Betty White, and I'm inviting you to tune in to the Behave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I got to tell you, Charles Martin Smith, I want to say your full name loudly and proudly. You know, <laughs> well, you. You, you know, you've had a lot of time in Hollywood as an actor, and now you've been the director of, you know, Dolphin Tale and others. Tell us a little bit about your own transition from being uh, Terry the Toad to all of a sudden you're, you're a director doing great work. So what's your thoughts? What got you into this whole business and anything that really shaped you toward being a director? Well, you know, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley and Northridge and went to university there. And I was interested in acting and theater as long as I can remember. So when I started in at Cal State Northridge at the university, I was a theater major and mostly a directing major. I was actually interested in directing theater for a career. But I had an agent. I started getting some work and I did American Graffiti and a few other things. And then really a big part of my life. In 1980, I got cast as the lead in Never Cry Wolf, which was a movie made by Carol Ballard. He had just made The Black Stallion. And now, and I went up to uh, Canada and spent almost three years oh. working on Never Cry Wolf, which is a beautiful movie, by the way. Everyone should really see that, I think. And it's, of course, it's all about the man's relationship with wolves and nature. And I really fell in love with the idea of making movies that involved animal characters and involved nature. You know, A Dog's Way Home, a lot of the journey has to do with the Rocky Mountains and the actual wilderness that she finds herself in. And I I find that really interesting. Well, you do have a pack uh, of wolves uh, in the movie, too. Coyotes, they are. Coyotes, yes, excuse absolutely. me. Yes, coyotes. Yes. Yeah, pack of coyotes that are that are threatening, and so I I love putting all that stuff on screen, and I really it was Carol Ballard and that experience of doing Never Cry Wolf that put the idea in my head, also that I could direct films, and mm-hmm. he taught me an enormous amount, and I worked with a lot of great directors that I learned from back in those days. I worked with certainly George Lucas, and I worked right. with um, John Carpenter and Starman, and I worked with. Um, Brian DePaul, I just was a sponge. I wanted to learn everything. And I also then sort of connected it to the theater training that I'd had and my interest in directing theater and sort of began to segue into directing movies. 
Well, you're doing it brilliantly, by the way. I mean, I'm no Hollywood okay. producer. I don't have a Oscar on my mantle. But I think there's a trick to it, too. You you know, let's talk about dolphin tail and other things. When you're working with yeah. animals or mammals, you want to be able to have a realistic, but you don't want to anthropomorphize too much, right? Yes, exactly right. You don't want to anthropomorphize too much, and that's always a danger. And mm -hmm. I've seen it in other in other films, and I actually really try hard to not do that. These are, you know, there's always going to be a certain element of that, but you got to be really careful with it. And the, they're dolphins, particularly. I learned so much about them. And they're fascinating animals to work with. Their intelligence is, you know, really as high as people say that it is. And I was lucky that my girlfriend actually is Dr. Julie, and she is she was Winter's original veterinarian. Wow. And she's also the vet and rescuer that rescued Hope in the second movie. She really did that. This is what she does. Nice. And she's my she's my partner and technical advisor. She was there on <laughs> Dog's Way Home all the way through, too, because she understands movie making through knowing me. And she really, really understands animals. So she and I talk a lot of animal behavior with the dogs, too, to to see what what is it to try to capture the essence of the animal without anthropomorphizing them, and that's that's the trick. So, what is a couple of things you can share with our listeners that might surprise them about dolphins that you learned firsthand working with Dr. Julie as well? Well, yeah, she's really much more obviously the dolphin expert than I am, but but I learned a great deal about them, and they they're um, they're very aware of what's going on around them, and I wasn't as aware going in about activities and things that enrich their lives, that, that, that having, you know, toys, this is for the captive dolphins that uh, right. unfortunately can never be released into the wild. You know, they have to have things to do during the day and so on. Ha making the movies actually probably really helped Winter because it gave her something to do every day. And it was very funny, actually, in the Dolphin Tale movies, when we'd be working with the actors, say, standing over at the side of the pool, you know, a dialogue scene that right. Winter wasn't in. She'd make all kinds of noise and commotion and try to get, you know, as if she's saying, wait a minute, the movie's about me. Why aren't you over here? She really seemed to love the attention. And well, that was talking about, too, you gave her an enriching environment, you know. You're, exactly. I think any human or any living sentient being, we all benefit by a little enrichment, right? We absolutely do. And it's it's essential for uh, to live a happy life. And it's the other thing that I learned a great deal about was what the difference is between a, a dolphin that, that in captivity that can be rehabilitated and put back in the wild and the ones that can't. And the really good people that are doing a lot of that work, like Dr. Julie, you know, there's a there's a real science to it. And it's it really was interesting to me to learn sort of what the things are. she actually they released two dolphins in Turkey out into the Mediterranean that had been in captivity for a while. But she was able to rehabilitate them and get them, put them back in the wild where they should be if they can be, you know, and certainly a lot of these animals cannot be. And that's a shame. But uh, to learn that whole world to me was really interesting. Hey, folks, we're speaking with director Charles Martin Smith. He's the guy behind the show You've Got to See. It's A Dog's Way Home. If you didn't see it in the theaters, it's now available. You can uh, just check on, uh, I guess the big deal is you, you can go through uh, digital or Blu-ray. I mean, it's very easy to find. And also in the movie, for folks wanting to watch it from home, you guys got a little add-on. You got some treat recipes and you share some deleted scenes, uh -huh. I think. Nice. Yeah, there's a few extra little fun things in there. Yeah, <laughs> there were a couple of deleted scenes that I was a little bit sorry to see go, and uh, it's nice to be able to put them on there. Uh, it's always there's always fun stuff, and I think Sony did a great job 
releasing this and putting this little package together. So I'm sensing you don't have a problem being known as the go-to director when it comes to movies featuring dolphins and dogs and other things. What's your thoughts? I get sent every animal script uh, <laughs> that is out there, it seems like. And I don't, you know, the old joke is, uh, you know, never work with kids and animals. I'm probably the only director in Hollywood that really enjoys it. They'll, uh, kids and the animals will always be honest and they will always give you, you know, they will always give you an honest performance. Well, Dolphins almost never, uh, you know, refuse to leave their trailer until they get a ham sandwich. <laughs> They're very good to work with. And I find, uh, and I did this uh, again, going all the way back to Never Cry Wolf and the way Carol Ballard dealt with the animals. Interesting. It's almost like making a documentary. You yes. put the animal out there and you want to see what it is they do. You want to capture their real behaviors as much as possible. And that's, uh, I do really enjoy that. Well, I really did like the movie. And obviously, Mike Orange Tabby, Casey, he's known as Pet Safety Cat. He's also known as the feline George Clooney because ladies love him and the guys do too. He travels with me as a therapy pet and he teaches pet first aid. So my cat has to earn his income. But he really was mesmerized by a dog's way home. You, well, that's you, Did he give it four paws up? Oh, yeah. with And a little bit of a, he was purring like a diesel truck. So, you know, in the oh, cat world, great. I know he's spreading it out that you got to go see a dog's way home home and uh i really applaud you for what you're doing it was a great movie thank you i'm glad to that you're getting the word out about the film you and casey yes thank you and everybody at this time i also want to do a shout out to my producer mark winner he is the wizard of oz of all the shows on pet life radio the largest pet radio network on the planet so until next time this is your flea free host art and more delivering just two words to all you two three, and four-leggers out there, oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.